talk radio, music, and podcasts from the Korean Peninsula. KoreaFM.net. I'm Chance Dorland, and welcome to the Marmot's Hole Podcast, brought to you by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. As is the plan here at the Marmot's Hole Podcast, joined each episode by Robert Kohler, a magazine editor here in Seoul, who for years operated the Marmot's Hole blog on rjkohler.com. And Rob, let's uh, just get right into it. Usually I have a, a huge long intro, but uh, it's sort of breaking news as much as you can have on a, a you know, non-live podcast. We're talking about the the recent election that just happened here in South Korea. Some surprising results. Oh yeah, I mean it's uh, it was a shock. I mean at one point before the election, yeah, people were talking about the uh, yeah the ruling party, the Nordic Party, um, possibly getting a supermajority of, uh, of 180 seats, and uh, yeah, they uh, uh, they got their proverbial asses handed to them. I mean, there's no other way to put it. So let's break it down. Um, you know a lot more about Korean politics and, and things like that, so I'll rely a little bit more on you for some of the background information than uh, you know is normal. Usually, I have a nice little you know long intro. Not the case tonight. Let's break this down a little bit. We have basically three contenders, and one of them is rather new. Yes, I mean one of the parties is just two months old. Um, the uh, what, I guess in English it's called the People's Party, which is led by Anchel Su, the uh, former head of uh, OnLab. You probably. Uh, no one best as the other two parties, obviously. Well, there's a couple of parties in there, but uh, yeah, the two main parties are the ruling party, uh, the Senoridong and uh, the Minju party, which is despite it being called the opposition party, they actually have currently they're the as it stands now, they're the, the current largest party in the National Assembly after the last election. Okay, so you've basically described what the, the big story is. Um, a surprise amount of votes um, for what you mentioned was, you know, in the past, the opposition party, even though now they have um, the highest number in the National Assembly. So what exactly changed? What was the situation before? And, and how do you think it's going to play out now? Well, let me just read out the election results as they stand now. I mean, things could change. Um, you know, people lose their seats because of shenanigans or more importantly, in this case, uh, some of the independents might be read. A lot of the independents this time around were former members of the Sainuri Party that were rather unceremoniously cut out of the nomination process, the party nomination process. A lot of those guys ended up winning their old seats. So um, they may end up rejoining the Sainuri Party. That looks like it's very likely to happen, in which case um, the Sainuri Party will again be the largest party in the National Assembly, although they won't have. Uh, they won't even, you know, they won't have a majority. Um, here's where things stand now. Uh, the Minju Party took 123 seats. That includes 110 seats that they they won out of, you know, district elections, and 13 seats that are uh, what you would call proportional. They're based on proportional voting, party votes, right? So, actually, all in all, they actually lost four seats because of the, 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 the fracturing of the party, but they're still currently the largest party. The Sainuri party is the one that really got the walloping. Um, they, they won 105 seats, local seats, at, 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 you know, district votes, and 17 proportional votes for a net loss of 35 seats. 
that's a big one. The People's Party, which is obviously the new party, they gained 38 seats, and um, yeah, they're new, so that's all up. Now, the interesting thing also about the People's Party, and this is kind of important when you look at you know what the the vote you know the the numbers behind the numbers, so to speak, is they got 13 proportional representation seats, which is the same number as the Minju Party, right? Which I mean, if you actually look at the popular vote, you know, broken down by party, I mean, they actually came out pretty close. So that's new. Uh, then you also have the Justice Party, which managed to get a break in with uh, two local seats and four proportional uh, seats. They're down seven. So, um, And then there's the independents, of which 11 of them managed to get ele- elected. So, yeah, that's what the results are so far. So with what you've described so far, my first inclination is basically to think that in the future, this this new um, third you know, big player in South Korean politics, I'm guessing that they would be inclined to work with or side with the Minju Party. And then you have the Senuri Party probably reeling back in the independence that won after you mentioned they were shut out of the nomination process. Um, do you think that's likely? Are we going to see two out of the three major parties working together and then the Senuri Party just trying to bring back all the people they cut out because they had such a bad... Um, or because they didn't win as many seats as they obviously were hoping to get? Well, again, it's too, I mean, obviously, it's it's very early now. We don't really know how all, all these things are going to shake down. Um, for what it's worth, the, uh, the Senuri Party's leadership just quit in mass. And uh, one of the things that the new leadership just said is that the, you know, as a matter of principle, they're willing to welcome in all the old guys that left the party because of uh, the nomination process. So that's likely to happen. Now, the other thing that you talked about, which is the Minji Party and the People's Party working together. Yeah, I think that's possible. Um, How much, you know, how closely they'll work together. I don't know, because there's some. There's some ill will between those two parties, too, right? I mean, the, the People's Party is made up of a lot of guys who left the Minju Party, you know, particularly down in the Chola provinces, where, um, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the way these things broke down regionally, despite, you know, the fact that, the, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at the Minju Party's performance in, the last, in, in this election as, as generally being a victory, when you again, look at the numbers behind the numbers, things get a little bit more complicated. You know, the Minji Party, its traditional stronghold is in the Chola provinces. And they almost got bageled in, in the Chola provinces. It was, you know, uh, you know, the People's Party really cleaned up down there. In fact, even the, uh, the Sanori Party managed to take two districts down there. So it sounds like the story behind the story is that not only Sanori disappointing, but really Minju also disappointment. Well, I, I don't want to say that because, they, I mean, they still did, you know, all things considered, they did rather well. But if you actually look at the thing that's really interesting with the, with the Minju Party's performance is if you look at the proportional voting, you know, where, you know, the people cast, you know, when it was people casting votes for, for a particular party, right? What you saw in a lot of districts that voted for the Minju Party, particularly in the Seoul metropolitan area, is guys voting on the district level for the Minju Party candidate because they thought maybe that candidate had the best chance to win. But when, in terms of the party vote, they a lot of times they went for the People's Party, which would explain why 
you know, when you look at the numbers, the the People's Party and the uh, and, and the Minja Party both, you know, put the same amount of proportional representatives into the National Assembly. So it's a little bit more complicated than that. I mean, a lot of even people, you know, even news sources I've been reading that are generally friendly towards the opposition will say that, you know, the Minju Party shouldn't get a big head about this, that a lot of this is, you know, not some, you know, it's people not necessarily voting for the Minju Party because they like the Minju Party, but they're because they're fed up uh, or generally disgusted with the Sainuri Party in general and Pakenhay in particular. You know, on the positive side, they also did unusually well in places that are traditional uh, Sainuri uh, strongholds, particularly. You know, in the Kangnam area, I mean, Saint Dong had problems, you know, holding on to their, you know, within Seoul, you as you probably could guess, uh, the Kangnam districts tend to vote conservative. But in this election re, uh, cycle, the Minju Party was able to actually pick up uh, a lot of districts south of the Hangang River, and they also did well in, well. Better than usual, anyway, in the Kyungsan provinces. They even managed to take a seat in Daegu, which was like, you know, you, know, you at one time a lot of people would think that would be unthinkable, but now it's it's more than I think they've ever had. Can we make any general observations, kind of what you just mentioned about um, people being unsatisfied with the Sainuri party, but also with the presidency of Pak Geun-hye? Do you think that's fair? To, to make those type of general observations based upon the results that we just saw in the vote? Oh, I think so. I mean, it seems to also be the consensus of a lot of people who are observing the election. I mean, even if you look at the conservative press and you read their editorials today, they're like, you know, Pocket A really needs to, you know, she needs to really listen to the people because, uh, you know, the people are not satisfied with the way she's, you know, running the show, you know, and even her party. I mean, you know, Pocket A has never been, she's never been accused of being a great communicator and she's never really been accused of playing well with others, including people within her own party. You know, you know, for the last God knows for how long now, you know, she'd been fighting with a lot of people within her, with her, fighting with her own party, you know, in the national assembly. I mean, a lot of people were really annoyed. Like, uh, I mean, the case of, uh, uh, you some men in particular who, was the, used to be the floor leader of the Senori party in the National Assembly. I mean, she had a big public spat with him. He eventually resigned, and he also got cut out of the nomination process. He was one of the independents that won yesterday. You know, she needs to... I should say that a lot of observers, even friendly observers, I, observers who are generally friendly toward, towards the conservatives here in Korea are saying that the way she handled the nomination process was uh, abominable. The way in which she's failed to take responsibility for failures within the National Assembly. I mean, for example, like a lot of her, uh, you know, economic reform laws are you know, having trouble getting passed. Now, a lot of that could be blamed on, you know, the opposition, you know, doing the whole uh, you know, op opposition for opposition's sake thing. That's part of it. But a lot of it, too, is also... She doesn't work well with people in her own party in the National Assembly. You know, she definitely had bad relations with the National Assembly in general. So, yeah, she needs to really. Well, now she doesn't have a choice, really. I mean, you know, it's either 
you know, work with a national assembly that to a large extent is controlled by the opposition or you're a complete lame duck with the, you know, over a year left in your in your administration. So, yeah, nobody I have yet to read a a an analysis piece that says uh, that this elections, you know, said anything positive about the, the presidential administration. Something else that I'm sure was at least on some people's minds was that we're two days away from the two-year anniversary of the Saywall. Um, do you think that had anything to do with this? I mean, yeah. I mean, you can bring up a long list of grievances people have with the, with the government. Do I think it had anything to do with it? Yeah. How much? I really, honestly, I really don't know. And it really depends on who you're reading, you know, and what, and what point of view is it coming from. Honestly, I think a lot of it is more inside baseball in terms of just, you know, the, the, the ruling party mishandling what should have been, honestly, should have been an easier election for them to win, considering that the opposition was splintered. I mean, actually, I mean, that's one of the things that that's one of the things that made this election result so shocking is that when you look at things, I mean, this should have been a, a good election for them. I mean, the opposition was splintered. I mean, one of the reasons why people were talking about them getting a supermajority because a lot of, you know, there were a lot of analysts out there thinking that, you know, with the opposition splintered, that even, you know, traditional op, you know, opposition districts, you know, the St. Louis party would play spoiler and, you know, you know, uh, with the opposition vote fractured that they would end up taking the seats. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, you're hitting on something that um, the more I learn about recent Korean history, the more I realize has happened quite a lot um, where people on the same side of an issue or at least on the same side of a political spectrum can't work together enough to have a single party or have a single candidate. So they'll run two or maybe even more. And then the other side will take the victory. Um, but as you just mentioned here, even with all of the things going on, the two-year anniversary of the Saywall coming up, I mean, unemployment for young Koreans is very high. Um, the won is very low. Um, you know, a stack of things going against the incumbent party, but they had this split. I mean, this this seems to me kind of like a situation where if you had Donald Trump getting the Republican nomination, you have Hillary getting the Democratic nomination, and then Bernie Sanders running as an independent, and then still Donald Trump loses. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty, I mean, you pretty much hit it right there. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Um, yeah, again, another reason why the results are what they are. Um, again, if you, even if you look at where, you, you know, with elections, you know, what they say is turnout is, you know, turnout is everything. And you look at the turnouts in traditionally conservative districts, um, they're 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 relatively low, and um, you had, you know, even amongst conservative voters. I mean, a lot of them were basically you know going to the polls, you know, holding their nose. That's not the kind of enthusiasm you want uh, the party faithful to go to the polls with. Now you mentioned a lot of these things. You had you know obviously. Uh, People are still upset about the, the way the Saywall sinking was handled. Although, uh, you know, again, how much that impacted, you know, conservative turnout, I don't know. I don't really think it did. But again, I could be wrong. I will, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, th we'll find out soon enough. 
Um, the, the economy, uh, yeah, people are upset about that. That'll definitely you know depress uh, vote counts. I mean, I definitely think with conservatives, I think a lot of them just really pissed off at the way in which the, uh, you know, the way in which uh, the nomination process went down and just the, the, the fights with the, you know, the infighting within the party. It's really disgusting. Uh, yeah, particularly the way you some, you know, you know, the, the way in which uh, the, the, the former floor leader, you was, you know, was treated. I mean, you, you can't you can't do that. It reinforces the view that, you know, Pakenay uh listens you know keeps her own counsel and doesn't take advice and doesn't listen to anybody except her and the people around her so speaking of Pac and hey um obviously as we've talked about on the show and as many people will know uh south korean president one term five years so um you know there's there's been some talk during this presidency of maybe changing that, but the talk is always after Pak and Hay. No, of course. <laughs> so she's, she's done. I mean, this is her term. Um, things obviously did not go well for her party um, this week. What does this mean for the presidency? Does this mean this is the type of situation where, okay, say Nuri wise, we just try to distance ourselves as much as we can from Pak and Hay and try to come up with a new image, a new face for the next election? Or is this maybe, you know, after the next president's elected, is this going to be the point where they say, okay, this was the presidential election. This was the beginning of the presidential election. And this is why if the Seigneury do lose, this is the beginning of why they lost. As, as I mentioned earlier before, I mean, the party, the Seigneury leadership just resigned in mass. So we'll, you know, we'll see how things shake up. Um, as far as the pocket administration is concerned, I mean, yeah, I mean, already people are saying lame duck. Right. I mean, the lame duck starts now. Um, whether that's true, I don't know. You know, there could be, you know, slight changes within the makeup of the National Assembly. We don't know how the Minju Party and the People's Party are going to work together if they work together. You know, we, I, we don't know if Pakane is going to be chastened by this election result um, and, you know, begin to work in a less confrontational manner with the National Assembly. There's too many, un, you know, to quote Donald Rumsfeld, there are too many unknown unknowns. So, yeah, we'll see. I guess the best way to, to conclude this is to say that um, this is the first time in over a decade that we have a uh, political structure where the, the ruling party is actually the minority party in the National Assembly. Um, and it's also the worst election National Assembly whooping since I think 2004. So, plus, I mean, we we have the rise of a party that's only two months old, and it's, I mean, obviously it it it's still the third party by far. But you know, they put in a reasonable, you know, they put 38 people in the National Assembly, and uh, again, the uh, you know, a very impressive proportional representation results. So, um, I'm kind of interested to see what Anshul Su's political future looks like. You know, he's got to be thinking a presidential bid. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be interesting for the next year. Well, it's been really interesting hearing you break this down for me. I, I've read reports, um, but your language skills are, are, you know, light years ahead of mine. So you're able to look at some things that I, I just really can't understand. So maybe we'll cover this, uh, you know, in one of our future podcast episodes. I hope so. All right, Rob. Well, good speaking with you. And uh, I'll talk to you again next week. 
Great. Talk to you next week.